Hey, this is Pastor Bob Stephen, lead pastor at Pursuit Church SA, and this is our podcast. Listen, would you take a minute to share and subscribe to this podcast? Also, we would love to connect with you, so please visit us at PursuitChurchSA.com or on any of our social media pages. Now, here's this week's message. We hope it blesses your life. And today we're, we're wrapping up a sermon series called, Now What? Now What? If you've missed any of the other um, weeks, it's on the podcast. I encourage you to go catch up if you haven't. How many of you have been here for, for the whole series, have actually heard each, each one? Go ahead and you, you can clap for that if you want. That's, that's great. It's, been, it's really been an impactful series. Because what we're saying when we ask the question, now what, is we know that there's things that are going to happen in our life, good, bad, and we're also going to reach decision points where we just have to ask the question, now what? Right? And that's really what we've been talking about. In week one, we asked the question, well, what do you do about doubts? Now what? I mean, I, we all have doubts, don't we, about certain things, certainly even doubts about God. And what we learned in that first week was our doubts don't have to keep us away from God. In fact, if we process them well, they should actually lead us closer to him. That's what we learned about doubts in week one. And then in week two, I, I talked about how to avoid distractions because you see distractions can keep our eyes off of what God wants to do in our life, right? The plans and purposes that he's called us to. And then last week, man, PK took on a tough, a tough subject. It was really, really good. It was about deconstruction and deconstruction. What we learned about that was that that's an examination of our beliefs where we say, okay, what, what do we really believe? And we start looking at it so that we can throw out what isn't true and hold on to what is, right? That's the whole point of deconstruction. It's not about walking away from God. It's about let's examine what isn't true so we can throw that out so we can hold on to God's truth, what real truth is. So today as we wrap up this series, let me ask you this question. When was the last time Something in your life didn't turn out the way you wanted. <laughs> For many of you, that may have been this morning, may have been yesterday, last week. I guarantee you, if I were to ask you that question, I feel confident that you're going to come to a quick answer. Because guess what? Most things in life don't go exactly the way we want them to go, do they? Maybe it's your job. Maybe it's in your family. Maybe it's in a relationship. Whatever it is or was... You expected something to go a certain way, and it, when it didn't, you were disappointed. You were disappointed, weren't you? Disappointment is an unavoidable part of life. So today, I, I want to spend a few minutes talking about how to deal with our disappointments. First, let's kind of put a definition about, because disappointment could mean a few different things to maybe different people. But for our purposes today, let me share this definition with you. Disappointment is being unhappy or discouraged because your hopes or your expectations about something or someone were not met or satisfied. Right? That's what we're saying. When we talk about disappointment, that's what we mean. You see, we all have disappointments, and we've had disappointments in our life. And when we reach those, or when we have those moments of disappointment, 
we have most of the time a now what moment. It's like, okay, what am I going to do with this disappointment? What am I going to do with this disappointment? Today, I want to share with you a process for dealing with disappointment. It's a process, right? And I think it's going to, and I pray it's going to help somebody today. I pray it's going to help somebody. Because how we handle our disappointments in large measure determines how we process them and how we're able to move forward from them. That's why it's important. Very first thing in the process, I would say, is this. Admit your disappointment and take it to Jesus. You know, just admit, I'm disappointed. I'm sad. I'm mad. I'm angry. Whatever those things that go along with disappointment, things didn't turn out the way I thought they would. Admit that to yourself. That's, that's the very first thing to do. And then get Jesus involved. Let me show you something. When Jesus was crucified, many of his disciples and followers were severely disappointed. And if we're being honest, you see, they thought Jesus had come to set up a kingdom here on earth. They thought he was going to overthrow the governmental oppressors and then reign as king. That, that's the Messiah vision savior that they had. So that was their expectation. Well, I want to go to Luke chapter 24, starting in verse 14, and show you a story of two of his followers who were processing this. Because sometimes we have to process our disappointment, right? This is what it said. As they walked along, they were talking of Jesus' death, when suddenly Jesus himself came along and joined them and began walking beside them. But they didn't recognize him, for God had kept that kept that from them. You seem to be in a deep discussion about something, Jesus said. What are you so concerned about? They stopped short, sadness written across their faces. And one of them, Cleopas, replied, you must be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard about this terrible, the terrible things that happened there last week. What things, Jesus asked, The things that happened to Jesus, the man from Nazareth, they said he was a prophet who did incredible miracles and was a mighty teacher, highly regarded by both God and man. But the chief priests and our religious leaders arrested him and handed him over to the Roman government to be condemned to death, and they crucified him. We had thought, in some translations say, we had hoped He was the glorious Messiah that had come to rescue Israel. You see, Cleopas and his friend were honestly processing their disappointment. They had an expectation. And yet, the one they thought was going to be their king had just been killed on a cross. And they didn't even realize they were talking to Jesus. They were actually doing what I'm, I'm telling you. They just didn't know it. The difference is you and I will know it when we go to Jesus. You see, sometimes when we're disappointed that things didn't turn out the way we wanted, we need to go to God directly and to his word. Because that's exactly how Jesus responded to their disappointment. 
Let me show you what Jesus said to them. Starting in, in verse 26 and continuing in verse 27. Je- this is Jesus' response to them. Wasn't it clearly predicted by the prophets that the Messiah would have to suffer all these things before entering his time of glory? Then Jesus quoted. <laughs> I love it when Jesus quotes himself. Isn't that great? Then Jesus quoted them passage after passage from the writings of the prophets, beginning from the book of Genesis and going right on through the scriptures, explaining what the passages meant. Wow. Bible study with Jesus. Wouldn't that be awesome? Wow. These guys. Explaining what the passages meant and what they said about himself. Wow. Man, when you and I are disappointed... We need to take that pain to Jesus and then let him through the Holy Spirit and his word minister to us. Let his word. You see, here's the thing. The Bible is a way that God speaks to us. It's a form of communication. And so his word can bring comfort and help. I guarantee you, whatever disappointment you face, there is something in God's word that addresses it. Somewhere, I guarantee it. You take it to the bank. There is something in God's word that will give you hope, comfort, information, you know, transformation, peace. There's something in God's word that will speak to your circumstance of disappointment. Because here's the thing. God doesn't want us to ignore our disappointments. It's not what he's saying. In fact, this is a great example. Jesus didn't say, well, don't, don't worry about it. Yeah, you got, you don't need to be disappointed. He didn't say that to him. God wants to let us, let him help us through our disappointments. See, that's what Jesus did for these two guys. He didn't ignore the disappointment. He helped them through it. And that's what he'll do for you and me. That's what he'll do for you and me when we're struggling with our disappointments. Because God is very close. In fact, Psalm 46 reminds us that God is a refuge. He is a very present help. In our time of need. He is not a distant God sitting. No, he, the word says he is a very present help. Dealing with our disappointment begins by admitting it. And then letting God and his word help us through it. Now, once we've done that, and, and that's no small thing, by the way. That's, that in, its, in and of itself is a process. But once we've done that, then we're more ready for the second part of the process which is this discovering the purpose in our pain, discovering the purpose in our pain. You know, C.S. Lewis once wrote, God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks in our consciousness, but shouts in our pain. You see, the pain of our disappointments is often a way and an opportunity for God to get our attention. That's what C.S. Lewis was really reminding us. Because sometimes God needs and wants to teach us something in our pain. What if we started seeing our disappointments as an opportunity to learn and grow instead of seeing them as a failure? What if we viewed our disappointment that way? You know, Thomas Edison failed a thousand times before he was finally able to produce a working light bulb. Did you know that? 
A thousand times, a thousand different experiments didn't work. Someone asked him about it once, and this is what he said. Yes, that is true. However, I don't view those 999 times it didn't work as failures, but as discoveries as to what did not work so that I could find what would work. Wow, what, what a perspective. What a perspective. What if we had that same perspective when it came to our disappointments that we face? Instead of seeing them as failures or mistakes, why don't we ask God, what are you trying to teach me here, Lord? What can I experience? What can I learn from the pain? What can I learn? What's the purpose of the, the pain in my disappointment? Because sometimes we're just flat out going to need God's wisdom and discernment about our situations. And that can only come from God. Yes, you can go to the internet. You can talk to a friend. That's all great. And that some of them may give you some good perspective. Great. But no one is going to give you God's perspective but him. That's why it's so important that we process our pain with God, not apart from him. So important because sometimes God's trying to show us something. He might be showing us something in our character that needs to be developed and grown, right? He might be showing us uh, through the challenges of this life that there's certain things that only he's going to be able to help us with. We're searching for answers with other people and God's saying, no, right now. I'm the source of your healing. I'm the source of your information and transformation. We're trying to get answers from other people that only God can give. So maybe that's part of what he's trying to teach us. And here's one thing I believe with all my my being. I believe every pain or disappointment that we go through, at some point, God will use it to help you minister to somebody else. I've just seen this in my life. I've seen it in countless lives. If we let it, if we let God process our pain, one of the greatest things he will do, one of the greatest purposes in our pain is to help somebody else, to help somebody else that's walking through or will walk through something very similar to what God's getting us through. So important. This is what Romans eight twenty eight says. And we know that for those who love God, all things all things, disappointments, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. My friends, God has a purpose for the disappointments that you face in your life. God has a purpose for them. The key is to take our pain to him and let God show us the lessons that he wants us to learn and the fruit that comes out of it. And the fruit that comes out of it so that we can move through the next part of the process, which is to go to what's next. Did you know God has always got a next for you? Always. Not sometimes, not maybe. I'm here to tell you today, God always has a next for you in your life. Period. Because God is a forward-thinking, progressive Father, he isn't worried about your past. Jesus already took care of all that. Okay. He's worried about your now and your future. And that's what he wants us to do when we face disappointment. At some point, yes, you got to process it, right? You got to bring it to God. You got to let him help you heal through it. But at some point, it's time to move on to what's next. 
And that's where the final part of the process begins to take place. Walk from disappointment into your next appointment. Walk from disappointment into your next appointment. Because the problem is we can get stuck. We can get stuck in our disappointments. And the problem when that happens, when we get stuck in our disappointments, number one, God isn't back in that disappointment. It's already happened, right? He's going to meet you where you are now. He's going to minister to you through the Holy Spirit, through his word. He's going to do that. But God isn't back there. He's here and he's in the future. He's in your future. This is what Jeremiah says, 2911. And remember, everything in context, Jeremiah was speaking to a group of exiled Jews, okay? These people were in exile when he was saying this. I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not harm you. Plans to give you hope and what? A future. I can't think of a more disappointing circumstance than to be in the middle of a foreign land, away from your home, in exile. That's disappointment. That's disappointment. Let that sink into your hearts today. Just like those people, though, God has a future and a hope for you. No matter what disappointment you're facing now or will face in the future. God has a future and a hope. He has a next step for you. Paul put it this way in Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. Paul said this, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies what? Behind and straining forward. To what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Man. Yeah, we need to acknowledge our disappointment and give it to God. We need to get into his word and see what his word says about our disappointing situation. We need to ask God to be with us in the process. And then finally, we need to let God restore our hope. We need to let God restore our hope. You see, God has new plans for you, new things for you to do to help build his kingdom, new dreams he wants to give you. God has your next on the other side of your disappointment. Let me say that again. God has your next on the other side of whatever your current disappointment is or whatever disappointment you may have had in the past. Axel, you can come. Let me ask you this. What does next look like for you? What does next look like for you? Do you need to reach out and do your part to restore a relationship? Maybe you need to try that training at work again. And this time doing it with God leading you, directing you, not out of your own perspective, but but letting God show you something. You know, Back when we lived in Houston and Pastor Karen and I were, were first married. And I'll never forget it. I was, we were in, we were part of a wonderful church there. Great. Love it. And, and we were a big part of it. And we were just in a worship part of the service and God just dropped on my spirit. Sometime you're going to be a pastor. I'm like, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> But I couldn't shake it. 
God, share with me, I, at some point, I'm going to use you to be a pastor. Now, I had no idea what that looked like. <laughs> at the time, I was in the corporate world, had full-time job doing my thing. Yeah, we were serving at the church in Houston, doing some things. It was, it was great. But, you know, during that entire time we were in, in Houston at that church, that call never, never came to fruition while I was there. And I remember telling Karen, hey, I think this is what God is calling me to do. It's the first time I'd ever expressed it to her. And she looked at me and got really quiet, which for anyone that knows my wife, that's unusual. She's always got something to say, doesn't she? She didn't talk for a good minute. She just looked at me and she said, you know, about two months ago, and I didn't say anything to you, she told me. But her mom, my mother-in-law, had told Karen that you're going to be married to a pastor. And that Bob is going to be a pastor. She hadn't said a word to me about it. So we left Houston, came here to San Antonio, and just began serving in in God's church where we could, how we could. And over those years, uh, we both had many leadership roles in, in two wonderful churches here. And yet there were times that I would feel a bit disappointed that I wasn't really, in my mind, walking out the calling that I think God had put in me. And here's what I did in those moments of disappointment. I just took it straight to God. I said, God, I don't know what you're doing. I know, I I believe with all my heart with what you've planted in me. But what I'm going to do is I'm just going to keep putting one foot in front of the other. I'm still going to love and serve and do everything you've called me to do in every way that I know how. And this is what God, I heard whisper to me. He said, I'll tell you when it's time. You just keep doing what you're doing. You keep serving me, and I'll take care of everything else. And during those wandering years, we faced a lot of challenges. We walked through some hard times, some hard stuff, but we always leaned on God in all of it. And as we were doing that, we helped others deal with hard things in their lives. And much of the time, much of the time when we were helping others, we were able to minister to them because of our own hurt and our own pain and our own disappointment. Because we took that, let God use it in his way. We made people our priority and building God's house our focus. It didn't matter the address of the church. We just kept doing it. And then right in the middle of probably the lowest, slowest, most quiet time during the COVID lockdown, God finally gave us our next. And he said, now, now, now is the time I want you to go build a new house for me. And that was God calling us to plant 
Pursuit Church. Without a doubt, this has been the most challenging and rewarding season of our lives. But I can tell you, I needed to learn how to process some disappointment to get to this place. I needed to learn how to process some disappointment to get ready to step into the role that God had shared with me all those years ago. Listen to me. Listen to me right now. Don't give up when you're disappointed. Don't do it. Don't let what you think are failures hold you back from moving forward to what God has for you in your life. Try again. Keep moving. Keep leaning on God. Let Him show you what you need to do different. Let Him show you the lessons, the purpose in your disappointments. Because here's the fact. You're going to have more disappointments in your life. Disappointments are a part of life. They're not going away. When we learn to process them well, God can use them in a powerful way to bring you hope and healing and to help move you into the next thing that he has. When we admit our disappointment, when we work through the process of learning how God wants to use it, and then when we have the courage to step into the next, your life will be transformed by the power of God. Let me pray for us. God, we thank you that you are such a good and loving Father to us. Father, we're so grateful for your guidance and your love as you help us deal with the pain and disappointments that this life can so often bring. And God, when we're faced with those now what moments after a disappointment, will you help us to honestly face how we feel? But God, not stay there too long. God, will you teach us and help us to become all that you have called us to be. And God, give us the courage and the confidence to move forward into the next thing that you have for us. In Jesus' mighty, mighty name, we pray.